story on two different, two different scriptures. All right. Uh, Matthew 1, verse 18. I remember um, a number of years ago when my daughter was sick, God speaking to my heart during my quiet time as I was praying for her and just assuring me in my heart that she would be healed. Um, he actually gave my mom the same assurance. And uh, it was a, a while before that took place, but, uh, but God did work and move, and he, he gave me that assurance, and it, was, it gave me peace and encouragement in that season of time. Uh, there have been times where God has led me to speak to someone who needed Christ or perhaps to speak to someone who's a Christian or pray for someone. God knows what's going on in our lives. He knows what we need. And he knows how to use us in the lives of other people. And he knows how to guide us in our lives. And I'm so grateful for that. God gives a perfect secret counsel to his people when we are walking with him. And uh, it is such an incredible blessing. Uh, we need that for our lives, right? There, there are many times in our lives we don't know what to do. Have you ever been there? Uh, you don't know how to handle a situation. Uh, sometimes we, we just need God in ministry because there are things going on perhaps that we don't understand. Perhaps there are things that are needed that we don't know about. Um, I remember um, years ago, there was a lady that was uh, in a nursing home in Texas where I used to pastor, and, and I would go see her uh, periodically. And then uh, one, one time, I, I had been uh, busy with a crusade, and... Um, hadn't seen her in a while and I was on the way to the bookstore and I felt the Holy Spirit just nudge my heart and say you go see Iris and so I went to the nursing home and her roommate was there and but Iris was not and she said Iris has gone in the hospital and uh, I said well do you know where she is and I, and she said yes and she told me and so uh, I went and when I walked into to her hospital room her face just lit up and she said, I prayed that God would send you here today. You see, I was on my way to the bookstore. I had a plan, okay? One of my favorite places to go, if you don't know that. Uh, I was there. I was on my way, but the Holy Spirit redirected me. You see, God knows what's needed. And uh, he gives secret counsel. Uh, Psalm 25 talks about the fact that the secret counsel of the Lord is for those who fear him. Uh, Joseph was going through a very difficult time. Joseph had found out that Mary was pregnant. They were betrothed, which is not quite the same as our engagement. Betrothal, you were actually considered married. The, the wife had not yet left the home. Uh, usually a betrothal lasted about a year. And then after that year, the husband would come and take her into his home. And the marriage would be consummated. And, uh, and so, but betrothal, in order to get out of a betrothal, you just didn't just give your ring back. You had to get a divorce for that because it was considered to be a part of marriage. Um, Joseph finds out in the middle of this betrothal that Mary is pregnant. And just like you and me uh, today, uh, your, your mind would think something has happened and Joseph knew it wasn't him. 
and so he begins to, to be in turmoil in his heart. He's, he's, what do I do? And he's thinking about this. Well, I guess I will divorce her quietly and move on with my life. And he's thinking about this, and he's, he's mulling this over in his, in his heart. And God sends his angel in a dream to tell Joseph what's really going on. No, this child is of the Holy Spirit. It's a miracle of God. Mary is pregnant. There is a virgin conception that has taken place by the power of God. Don't be afraid to take her as your wife. And he does. Um, <clears throat> does not consummate that until Je after Jesus has come. But as all this is happening, uh, then a little while later, uh, wise men come from the east to visit Jesus. And they go to Jerusalem and they ask Herod, they, where, where's the Messiah supposed to be born? And uh, Herod gets really upset. He gets really uh, uh, excited about it. And of course, everybody else, he was a very cruel and, and ruthless man, so everybody else was excited too. Uh, because they wondered who was going to die. I mean, that's the kind of guy he was. But Herod masked this with the, with the wise men, and he begins to, he brings the prophets. They tell him the baby will be born in Bethlehem, and, and Herod says, listen, uh, I want to worship him too. So you go, you find this Messiah, you come back and tell me about it so I can worship him. And, but the 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 Lord sends the angel in the dream and tells the wise men to go back a different way. And then the, God sends another dream to Joseph saying, take the child to Egypt because they're seeking his life. He stays there till after Herod's death. Then he has another dream. And God says, go back to the land of Israel because the one who wanted this, the child to to die is, is past himself. And so he goes up to Israel, and while he's going up to Israel, he has another dream. And God says, don't go to the land of Judea, go to Nazareth. Now, all of this was to protect Jesus, uh, but also to fulfill prophecy. God had a purpose that he was working out in Jesus' life. But God knew exactly what was going on, exactly what was needed and as they trusted him, God helped them navigate these very dangerous circumstances that they found themselves in. Isn't God faithful to provide what we need? Thank God for his counsel and his word. Thank God for his counsel through his Holy Spirit. And we need to trust that counsel as God leads us in our lives. And the title of my message is God's Secret Counsel. And we'll begin reading in verse 18. The birth of Jesus Christ came about this way. After his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, it was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant from the Holy Spirit. So her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her publicly, decided to divorce her secretly. But after he had considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David... Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. 
See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated, God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the Lord's angel had commanded him. He married her, but did not have sexual relations with her until she gave birth to a son, and he named him Jesus. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of King Herod, Wise men from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star at its rising and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was deeply disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. And he assembled all the chief priests and scribes of the people and asked them where the Christ would be born. In Bethlehem of Judea, they told him, because this is what was written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah, because out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly summoned the wise men and asked them to ex the exact time the star appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. When you find him, report back to me so that I too can go and worship him. After hearing the king, they went on their way, and there it was, the star they had seen at its rising. It led them until it came and stopped above the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overwhelmed with joy. Entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and falling to their knees, they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their own country by another route. So God's secret counsel. How does God help us with this secret counsel? Well, first of all, he gives us unique comfort. He gives us unique comfort. If you look in verse 20, he says, uh, After he had considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You see, God knew Joseph's heart. God knew that he was afraid. God knew that he was confused. God knew that he was distressed. And so he comes and he speaks into his life, don't be afraid. Aren't you glad that God speaks into our lives, that the Holy Spirit of God comforts us when we are struggling and says to our hearts, don't be afraid. Listen, I, you know, as we look at the circumstances around us in this world, it can be easy to get distressed and anxious about all that we see. But praise God, our Savior has come. And because he is here, we can have faith in the midst of all that's going on. Because can I tell you something? Jesus is not in a manger. He's on a throne. <laughs> he is in charge. He is ruling. In all of his mighty power. And one day he's coming again. And he's going to set things right. God gives unique comfort. Did you know that God knows exactly what you need? And he is able to comfort you. It's amazing to me how God will do that. Sometimes he may do it through a message. Uh, he may do it through music. Or he may do it in your quiet time. I was telling my Sunday school class this morning, there was something that I was praying about this week. 
that I, I had some fear about, and I was kind of talking to God, and I, I paused. I'd been reading a psalm. I paused before I read the next psalm I was going to read, and I, I just began to talk to God about this. And then I picked up where I had left off, and guess what it was talking about? The exact thing I had just prayed for. God showing off, right? Uh, listen, I, I believe God does that. He gives us a unique comfort, a specific comfort. I remember one time I was, I was uh, struggling a little bit with uh, discouragement, and I was, uh, I was riding down the road, turned on the radio, and the song, The Battle Belongs to the Lord, came on the radio. God knew exactly what I needed to hear. And can I tell you something? The battle does belong to him. But isn't it great that God knows exactly where we are and exactly what we need, and he can speak unique comfort to our hearts? I was uh, standing at the back of the sanctuary one day, and this lady came out after, after hearing my message, and she said, Boy, when you said such and so, it really blessed me and spoke to me. But you know what? I didn't say such and so. I thought, I don't know where she got that. She must have got that from the Holy Spirit because she sure didn't get it from me. That's not what I said. But God had somehow communicated to her heart what she needed. Why? He was providing unique comfort. He knows right where we are. He knows what we need. And he supplies unique comfort. He did that for Joseph. Joseph is confused. His life is turned upside down. And God comes and speaks in the middle of his situation to lift him up and comfort his soul. Um, <clears throat> so God's secret counsel, how does he help us with the secret counsel? He gives unique comfort. Secondly, he gives special insight. Special insight. Look at verse 20. Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Because what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. In other words, it's not what you think, Joseph. I know the real story. God sends this angel in this dream to speak to Joseph and to tell him what's really going on. Sometimes we have one interpretation of the situation, but that's not the true interpretation of the situation, right? If you're married, you know that, right? You say one thing, and your spouse thinks you mean something else, right? Or vice versa. And uh, sometimes the communication doesn't work well. Well, I, I, I didn't realize it would come across that way. You know, and, and you, there's a communication breakdown. We don't understand uh, the truth of what's being said, what's being intended by that other person. And there's an explanation usually that comes and helps us understand what's going on. God understands every situation perfectly. In Joseph's confusion, in his fear, in his anxiety, God knew exactly what was going on in his life. And he knew exactly what he needed to do. He says, Joseph, the reality of the matter is this is a miracle of God. You've got nothing to worry about. This child that's going to be born to Mary is a miracle of the Holy Spirit. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, you know, sometimes God can do that for us. It, it, you know, it, it, perhaps you've got an issue with one of your kids. 
Lord, I don't know what to do. You know, there have been times, both of my kids, when I was raising my kids at different times, where I just was kind of at a loss to know what to do or what was needed. And, uh, and I talked to the Lord about it. And both times, I believe God showed me what I needed to do. And, it, you know, God knows exactly what's on our kids' hearts. He knows exactly what they need, right? So he can guide us in being parents. Um, sometimes as my kids got to be adults, I said, well, Lord, help me to speak into their lives, but help me not say too much, right? Sometimes you got to know when to shut your mouth, when to open it, right? And God can help you with that. Lord, provide me those opportunities to speak into their lives about the things of God. Uh, God can tell you what the situation is at work and what you need to do. Well, maybe you need to get another job. I mean, he can tell you those things. Um, and so take these fears, take these concerns and anxieties to the Lord and uh, let him speak into your life about the reality of a situation and give you guidance to help you in the midst. Now, sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he will uh, be silent and just expect us to trust him. And we, we continue on as God has led us and, and we trust him with the result. But uh, often he will provide us some special insight into the situation. And by the way, if you want some special insight, spend time in this book. Be in the Word of God. Listen, I want to tell you something. God's given us the Holy Spirit, but it is no substitute for the Word of God. That's one reason coming to church is important. Uh, it's one reason uh, being uh, in having a, a quiet time with God is important. Because God speaks into your life and gives you insight about life. But sometimes God will give you even more specific in, insight through his Holy Spirit. And that's what, what's happening here in Joseph's life. So, God's secret counsel. How does he help us with the secret counsel? He gives unique comfort. Secondly, gives special insight. Third, he gives specific direction. Verse 21 you are to name him Jesus. That's pretty specific direction, isn't it? Why did God give this direction? Why did God care what Jesus' name was? Because Jesus' name means Yahweh saves. Jesus' primary purpose in coming to this earth was to save sinners. Aren't you glad? <laughs> God wanted Jesus' name to reflect his chief purpose of life. Jesus healed the sick, but that wasn't his primary purpose. Jesus raised the dead, but that wasn't his primary purpose. Jesus fed the 5,000, but that wasn't his primary purpose. Jesus calmed the sea, but that wasn't his primary purpose. Jesus came to save sinners. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's the reason Jesus came. God said, Joseph, you don't just give this, this child any name. You name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sin. And listen, I'm a living testimony to it. God saved my soul. He not only saved me from the consequence of my sin, spared me from hell, and gave me a home in heaven, but he spared me of the power of sin. He set me free from it. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. Living for Christ is the greatest life. 
Praise God that he sent Jesus to save sinners. But God gave specific direction to Joseph. And I think sometimes God will give us specific direction uh, in, a person's, in a person's life. Um, I remember one time, I don't, I, I'm not a huge uh, fan of confrontation. I don't like it. Uh, sometimes it's necessary. The Bible says open rebuke is better than secret love. And sometimes uh, the Bible says if your brother sins against you, rebuke him uh, and so forth. And so there's, there's a place for that. But uh, I, I can remember a time where God's spirit began to deal with me about rebuking a friend about a specific sin. And I, I didn't want to do it. I argued with God about it. I, I rationalized. I told God what the, what the result would be as if God needed me to tell him that. And, uh, and, uh, but I continued to feel that way. So finally, I just obeyed God. And you know what it did? It led to a spiritual conversation. He began to weep. And, and he, he talked with me about the things of God. And uh, it brought our relationship to a new level. Why? Because God knew what he needed. He gave me specific direction because there was something specific this, this individual needed to hear. Um, so, God sometimes will give us specific direction. It might be, share Christ with this individual. It might be, say this word of encouragement to this brother or sister in Christ. It might be, lift this person up in prayer. It might be, perform this service in the church. Okay? It might be, do this for your neighbor. I mean, God knows what's going on. So be open to uh, God's specific direction in your life. Uh, so God's secret counsel, how does he help us with secret counsel? He gives us unique comfort. He gives us special insight. He gives us specific direction. He gives us prophetic clarity. Prophetic clarity. If you read verses 22 and 23. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated, God is with us. This is a quotation of Isaiah 7.14. You see, the human author of Scripture here, Matthew, uh, is led by the Spirit of God to uh, record this fulfillment of prophecy. But to record it, you've got to recognize it, right? So God had to give him clarity as to what was going on. And uh, God does that in several ways. I mean, he gives us, as we read the Word of God, he helps us understand the prophecies and to know what's going on. But also, he gives his teachers. But sometimes the Spirit of God will just open our eyes to something that is true in a situation. Um, uh, in, in Matthew's case, uh, perhaps Jesus had talked to him about this, or maybe he'd heard from Mary. And Mary said, this is what happened. And uh, we, we don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us that. But, but Matthew has clear understanding of what God is doing in this situation. God gives him a prophetic clarity. Uh, listen, uh, I, I, remember, I remember one time, we had a, we had a man that uh, was a center of a lot of trouble in our church when I was pastoring in Texas. And um, one, one Wednesday, I was preparing, and, and I just felt, I, I felt led to go to a different place. 
And God just gave me a word. There, there's times, I, I hope that I speak God's word for God's people every single time I speak. But sometimes I just have a special sense that this is a word from God. And that's the way I felt. And, and it was a very uh, specific, direct warning. And I knew that, well, perhaps the warning was for others in the church, but I knew it was for this guy. I just knew it because it was a perfect description of, of, uh, of what he had been doing. And uh, so I preached it, and then I forgot about it. Uh, I think it was about a year, year and a half later, I was reading through the book of Isaiah, which is where I, where I preached from that night, and I came across that scripture, and all of that memory came back to me. And I realized that exactly what had happened, what that scripture had described as a warning, had happened to this man in his life because he hadn't heeded the warning of God. Now, I believe that was a moment of prophetic clarity. Now, that doesn't happen all the time for me, okay? I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, I know there are people that act like, uh, well, <laughs> you know, you watch TV, I, you, I think there's a lot of shysters out there. That hasn't happened often for me, but there have been a couple of times that has happened. And, uh, man, I, I just was amazed by that. Uh, so God sometimes will just give you a sense of what's happening. Listen, I think there's prophecy being fulfilled all over the world today. Especially in the land of Israel. And, and, and uh, uh, as you look at, at what is happening on the national stage. Um, as we read the word of God and as we walk with God, oftentimes God gives us insight that the average ordinary person in this life doesn't have because we belong to him we have his word and his holy spirit often opens our eyes to things through his word so um, how does god help us with his secret counsel he gives unique comfort he gives special insight he gives specific direction he gives prophetic clarity he gives timely warnings timely warnings and uh uh, if, you, if you look over in chapter 2, um, he says, and being, verse 12, and being warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their own country by another route. After they were gone, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, get up, take the child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to kill him. God gives a very specific warning. Timely warnings. I think God sometimes will warn his people about different things. Um, there may be uh, something that you don't need to send your child to do. And you just sense that in your spirit. Maybe you don't have a, a logical reason for it, but you just sense it. This is, and, you, and you don't do that. Um, I think you need to listen to those things. Um, perhaps there is a, a warning, a spiritual warning. Um, I've, had, I've had warnings about this church. I had a, a, a dream. Uh, this has been probably a couple of years ago. And... Uh, I believe that there were, there were some evil forces trying to come against our church people. Um, 
and I began to pray for that. You say, well, preacher, you, would you eat, eat uh, bad taco the night before or something? <laughs> listen, <laughs> uh, listen I, I want you to know, I know some dreams are, make no, have no significance whatsoever, but uh, I believe that was from God, and I, I prayed. And it was a couple of weeks later, I was gone on vacation, and we had somebody come to this church. And I don't know if that's what it was about, but I got a report from the security team. I was connecting the dots, okay? <laughs> Listen, I, I, we, we just don't know. So if God brings somebody to your mind to pray for, you pray for them. Maybe you need to do battle on your knees. Maybe there's somebody in a spiritual struggle in this church and God brings them to mind and, and puts a burden on your heart and you just need to get, take some time aside and get on your knees and call out to God on behalf of that person. Uh, it might make all the difference in that person's life. We just don't know. There is a battle. We're in a war. Uh, I know that, that kings don't like to have their thrones taken and Herod hated uh, Jesus because of that but I think there was a deeper reason I think there was a spiritual opposition I think the devil I believe one of the reasons the Jewish people have been persecuted and Christians around the world now are being persecuted the way they are is has more to do with the fact that people just don't like those people I think it's spiritual there's a spiritual battle going on so God may give us warnings I read about this missionary uh, who uh, God would move him by his spirit to leave a place. And the persecutors would come behind him and would come to that town right after he had left. And that happened four or five different times. And God was apparently preserving his ministry so that he could continue to minister to God's people in, this, in the midst of all this persecution that was going on. Uh, listen, we're in a battle and our God is real. I know some people will scoff about those things, but I believe that God is, is a living God. I believe he's involved in the situations that we face and cares for us. He's our good shepherd. Uh, it makes sense. Listen, I warn my kids. If I warn my kids, wouldn't God warn me? I, I believe he would. And so um, God warns Joseph. He warns the wise men and delivers them in this situation. So, um, listen, uh, God's secret counsel is for those who fear him. Let me ask you this. Um, do you fear God? I know that in, in, in this world that uh, things can be taken to extremes, you know, that, but I think the fear of God has been so downplayed in our culture that we have lost a sense of awe of who God is. He's God, and I'm not. And I'm his child, and though my sins are under the blood, praise God for that. Uh, God will discipline me if I need it. I believe that with all my heart. I have a fear. Now, I don't believe God's out to get me. I don't believe he's waiting to strike me with a thunderbolt the moment I mess up. But I do believe if I am on a sinful path, he will discipline me. The Bible promises that. And so I have a fear. And I try to keep short accounts with God. Listen, if I blow it, I'm confessing it. If we confess our sins to God, we know that he will forgive us. Because 1 John 1, 9 tells us he will. He'll restore the fellowship. Uh, and 
and, and I, I want to get to the place of repentance as quickly as I can. Because I believe that God will do what it takes to get us back on the right path. Um, there's a scripture verse my mother used to quote to me when I was a little boy. The way of the transgressor is hard. <laughs> and, and, uh, but, but that is true. And I think that's one of the reasons America is in the shape it's in. Because we have forgotten the fear of God. But if we'll fear God, if we'll honor him with our lives, if we'll live uh, with a holy awe of who he is, we will be partakers in the secret counsel of God. And he'll guide us, and he'll lead us, and he'll warn us, and he'll help us as needed. That doesn't mean we won't have trouble. It doesn't even mean that we won't face persecution. But it does mean that we will be right in the center of God's will and that nothing can touch us aside from what he permits in our lives. And that's a good place to be. Uh, the secret counsel of God. I want it in my life, and I pray for it in the lives of each and every person here in this place. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that you are so faithful to us. And, Lord, that you speak to us and that you guide us and that you help us in life. And, Father, thank you for the great gift of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for sin and who rose again. And, Lord, I pray that if there's any who are here today that don't know Jesus Christ, I pray that today would be the day they would make a decision to turn from their sin in their own way to follow Jesus Christ and to receive the gift of eternal life. Uh, Father, give the grace to do that. Father, give us the grace to fear you and to follow you and to walk with you in the way we should. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.